What does it mean to be free? Well, for kids, maybe it means Christmas break or summer vacation. Maybe it's for the little ones riding your bike without your parents or getting to stay home for a few hours by yourself. When you get a little older, maybe it's getting a driver's license or, or your first car. Maybe being getting to set your own curfew or not needing a chaperone to go out with your friends. For us adults, freedom can mean that I can take a vacation when I want. I can buy the nice things. I can go out to eat. I can choose where I live and have a nice car. Freedom means the ability to defend myself and my property, to keep my loved ones safe from harm. It means keeping myself safe from disease. Maybe the freedom I want is freedom from my responsibilities. The time that I can have away from the daily grind, the the freedom to pay someone else to do all those things that I really don't want to. Or the freedom to cut classes and skip work when I want and have a day where my only concern is me, myself, and I. Today in our world, we experience unparalleled freedom. Fairly recently in world history, I could have easily died of infection or famine. Today, our food is abundant, even absurdly so. It means I can find pretty much whatever food I want, almost whenever I want it. Same is actually true about most everything I consume. Instant gratification through that little portal I carry around in my pocket. If I'm hungry, I can get my groceries or food delivered. If I want to know what's going on in the world, well, I can find that out too. And if I choose the proper media outlet, I'll know that my news comes with all the right biases that will cater to exactly what I want to hear. I can choose all manner of things. Movies and TV on demand, even binge watching. My particular brand of sexuality. What video game I want to play. Porn and all all manner of consumerism. My diet and level of physical activity. it's, It's all up to me. And, you know, even if I can't afford exactly what I want right now, I just take out that little piece of plastic and that object of my desire comes my way. Now, how do I know what I should look after? Well, I'm, I'm a completely unique person. I know what is good for me. Everyone who came before me were fools. Plato, Aristotle, Socrates, morons. No one knows exactly what I'm feeling, and I alone can interpret my heart. So even if no one else will love me, at least I have the freedom to love myself. I am the master of my faith, the captain of my soul. Even the reality that I see around me doesn't much matter to me anymore. 
I can just reform it, reshape it into what I want it to be. If my internal desires don't match the, match the reality that my body imposes on me, well, surgery will fix it. If a child would be inconvenient to me at a certain time, birth control. If my finding that my, my wife is bothersome, divorce. If my online friends aren't saying what I like, block. If I can't sting, being around, stand being around a certain person, shun. The physical world doesn't have what I want. Virtual reality. And bit by bit, the reality around me will be formed to be exactly how I want it to be. Now, an added bonus of this online world is that there I can be whomever I want. And I can choose to interact only with those who will affirm me. So whenever I need that bit of dopamine, I can go there and always be angry at the right point of view and, inter- and never be offended. And I can do it whenever I want. Through the magic of social media, I can broadcast my unique desires to the world. I can tell them how they are to interact with me. I can make the rules. This is freedom. And it's not just me who loves freedom. I know all of you do as well. In fact, everyone you meet loves to be free. We all love freedom. We don't like being bound or or tied down or held to someone else's standard. Many of our goals and ideals are tied to freedom. It's the basis of our nation's founding. It means that we have freedom from an oppressive government. We have the promise of individual liberty. Today, it means that When we worship, we don't do so with the fear that the government is going to break in and and arrest us all. And we thank God for these freedoms. Some look at the Lutheran Reformation and see that that's the start of theological and political freedom. That Luther defied the Pope and upended the church order so that every person could decide what is true for himself. Some say he liberated the laity from the clergy and the church's members from being tied to the sacraments. That Luther's opposition to corruption in church leadership means abolishing all church hierarchy. So if I decide that I just don't like my church, I can can go where the preacher will affirm what I want. I can avoid hearing about the sins that I like to commit. Or who's to say that I even have to go to church to be a good Christian anyway? You see, I believe myself to be free, that life is under my rule. I desire freedom. But all this freedom I desire is merely the fruit of my one great desire. To have freedom from God. And the reality of this freedom is that it is no freedom at all. It is slavery. 
I act as though my possessions and stuff can give me life, as if they have created me and as if they sustain me. Yet no matter how I seek to get life out of my things, they can't seem to help me escape death. Physically isolating myself doesn't make it harder for God to remove his hand from me and let me die. I live my life as a slave to the fear of death. Or I believe that freedom is found in what I consume. But I am merely being ruled by an external rule that says, consume this product, get excited for new product, repeats. I am a slave to whatever is popular. And I am a slave to what I consume, to what it promises, whether pleasure or safety or wealth or success or health. I am a slave to whatever promises me happiness. Because I find it uncomfortable to listen to other points of view, I like that social media can keep me in my own bubble, exposing me to only my own ideas. I am a slave to what I seek. And when I am a slave to my own desires, it means that I must bend the world to my will. I must be the creator and preserver of reality. I must enforce my will upon the world. I am a slave to being my own creator and my own God. I have been taught to despise the things that God has designed me to love. God designed it that a man would so love his wife and children that he would defend them with his life. But our passion has been turned instead towards vapid entertainment and conquering virtual worlds. The strength of a mother to defend her child who is threatened is now turned and it sets out to destroy that what she was designed to nurture and protect. Man, therefore, worships the creature above all, rather than the creator. God's good order is inverted. Man thinks it's better to worship the creation, to look to the creature to learn the truth. Man was created to have dominion over the world, but he prefers to make it his God and to be its slave. I am a slave to the world. Well, if I must be a slave, if that's how things are, then I will resign myself to this reality. If I am to be a slave, I will be a good slave. I will be the best slave. I will learn to love my slavery, to embrace it, to teach others to hold on to it too. After all, if I believe in my heart that I'm free, then I'm free. Right? I will convince myself to love my slavery. I will teach that this is the true freedom, that, that these things are actually holy virtues. 
Now I know that if I don't do these things and if I don't defend them, people will look at me weird and they'll mock me. They'll find it odd if I reject this life of freedom. And so that is how I live. If one of these things that I trust in is interrupted or or damaged, I do everything I can to restore it and to, to bring it back so that it will do what it's supposed to do for me. I work hard to maintain my slavery. And I help others to believe and act the same way. And so I tell them all the ways that this slavery is good. Turns out that this, too, is yet another rotten fruit of my slavery. The most valuable slave is the one who believes that because he chose this slavery and not that one, he's free. I have come to believe according to the movies I watch, the media I consume, the friends I hang out with. So I will seek out better voices, better influences on my life. But their ideas will only be new slave masters. No matter where I turn, I cannot escape my slavery. Just saying it's only natural or I'll never defeat it isn't good enough. You see, part of your slavery is that you believe yourself to be free. Each and every one of us is born a slave. And so what's, what's the way out? Political debate? A democratic revolution? Societal battle? The culture war? Any one of those strategies might have some limited success. But this is a slavery greater than political leaders or the administrative state. It's more than being taught to make better choices, more than imposing your will on others through the ballot box or exercising political victory over your opponents. Nor is it about escaping this world, living off the grid, or running away. It is a battle. This battle is a battle against principalities and powers, against the rulers of this age, against the dark hosts in heavenly places. It's a battle against the devil and all his angels, against a world that's been deceived into opposing God, against the old Adam that reigns in your flesh. In other words, it's a battle that you will lose. No amount of resolve or revolution or radicalization will win it. Did you hear what you sang a few minutes ago? With might of ours can what be done? Not. Not can be done by our own might. Nothing. Zero. Soon were our loss effected. Our loss against whom? Against the devil, the world, and our own sinful flesh. Against these attacks on us, these attacks on the church, attacks against scripture, attacks against the truth, attacks against Christ. Against these attacks, by our own might, we can do nothing. This is our slavery. 
but for us fights the one chosen by God himself. He fights in our place and for our benefit. Who is this mighty one? It is Christ Jesus, mighty Lord and Savior, King of kings, Lord of angel armies, the ruler of all, who has all authority in heaven and on earth. There is no other God. In Jesus, God has taken up your flesh. He has done what you were unable to do. He submitted himself to the death that your slavery had earned you. And he paid your debt. He purchased you from that slavery. He purchased and won you from all sins, from death, and from the power of the devil. That means if he has done the purchasing and the winning, that he is the Lord, not your desires. He has defeated them by his death. You have freedom from your slave overlords. Now God works to deliver this freedom to you. And the delivery of these gifts is also a battle. This battle, though, is again not fought with voting, nor with guns or earthly armor. It is fought by our Lord Jesus Christ drawing you to himself, bringing you into repentance and faith. That's what happens when you encounter that sharp, two-edged sword of his holy word. Victory in this battle comes in drawing close to the truth in being fed from our Lord's word and his altar. If Jesus is to save you from your slavery, then he is your Lord. The nature of man is that we will always fear, love, and trust something. Man is by nature a creature, a creation. That means that it is your nature to have a God. You will worship something or someone. So why not give up the slavery of worship and service to a God who hates you, enslaves you, and wants nothing better than your destruction? Have your life under a better Lord, a Lord who loves you, who orders your life by his love. And according to what is good, he has purchased and won you, and now you live in subjection to him. True freedom will be found in abiding in his word, in the order that he gives to your life and to the world. Satan wants you rootless, entirely separated from all that would give you life. He wants you to be a slave forever. That's why when you run from slavery, you only find more slavery. Consuming and being consumed, wasting all your effort and energy on what doesn't satisfy. Expecting to find love in your pursuit of self-fulfillment. Chasing the next new thing. Slaving under the fear of death crumbling under the weight of being your own God.
You are a creature. You are not designed to be a god. For when you do, you exercise your deity as a tyrant, bending and conforming and forcing the world to bend to your will, demanding that all others live according to your self-made rules. But unlike the subjection of your self-chosen freedom, Jesus is a most gracious Lord. That means if he is to be the Lord, then you must know his word, the Holy Scriptures. You must learn to speak with the Scriptures about what is to be loved and what is to be hated, what is truly good and what is truly evil. Because Jesus loves you and he died for you, you can trust that the words that he gives you are for your benefit. They are the words that give and sustain life. That means that my life has come from him and continually flows from his hand. He alone is the life giver, and I don't have to be. And the God who creates, and the God who redeems our one God, So what Jesus gives me is life, not just life for today and maybe tomorrow and perhaps next week or next month, but life for all eternity, that I would have eternal communion with the God who made me, that I would be his. My life doesn't depend on me, so I place all my hope in the Lord. For he knows what is good, and he gives it to me. So I will receive what he gives. It means that I live with joy, with laughter, with contentment, even when I have supreme difficulty, because I have the truth of his almighty and abiding and life-giving word. The father of lies wants you to think that this is all there is, that this world and your life and and your own body are only what you make of them, that you must let your desire to fit in, your desire to have more, your desire to feel comfortable in your own skin, that you must follow and give in to these desires and be their slave. You must serve temporal and temporary things until you also return to the ground. But that is the way to death. Jesus is the way to life. More than that, Jesus is the way to be alive, not only in the future, but now. The God who gives life has come into our flesh suffered the penalty of sins he did not commit. He is raised from the dead. And the righteousness in that man is given over to you. It is yours by faith. So let us live and rejoice in that truth, that we are righteous in God's sight because of Jesus. You see, the truth isn't a weapon that you use to attack those who have believed a lie. Rather, it's the source of your life and your joy. 
And so you point to the truth as the way out of all the lies of the the slave world and the death cult. You invite others to Jesus. In this life, we live in fear that what has been promised to satisfy one day, well, one day it won't. That what I'm addicted to won't give me the high that it once did, that I have to indulge myself ever deeper into it. But Jesus always gives what he promises. He gives you more than you ask. Thus you are drawn ever deeper into him and his word. You plumb the depth of his promises and his grace, and you find ever greater joy and peace. So you have eternal life, present tense, You have peace with God. It's something the world can never take away. Even if the world robs you of all your goods, takes away your freedom, puts you in literal chains, even if they slay your wife and children, even if they kill you, the kingdom of God is yours forever. What can man do to you if God has said that you have life? How can man kill what God has made alive? He can't. Jesus came to save sinners. His words are true. His word is life. So hold on to it for dear life, because it is your life. Embrace his word as he preaches it to you now. Rejoice in his freedom as you read your Bible at home. Believe Jesus' word spoken with water and over bread and wine. The Son of God has set you free, and you are free indeed. In the holy name of Jesus. The peace of God keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord.